Amen. Say it, I am a child of God. Amen. I'm born of God. I'm healed of God. I'm delivered of God. I'm set free of God because I'm a child of God. Fear has no dominion over us at all whatsoever. Can you say amen to that? No fear here. No fear in us. No fear trying to rule or control our lives or things in our lives. And, and I tell you, you, for that to be so, you have to practice it. You have to practice being free of fear all the time, every day, every situation that you face. I tell you, there's the potential for fear in everything we do every day. We've got to fight it. We're not tolerating it, doesn't matter what it looks like, doesn't matter what symptoms look like, doesn't matter what circumstances or situations look like, doesn't matter who's calling you, threatening you, I don't, I don't care what it is, there is no fear here, amen. amen? No fear in us, no fear in our lives. God didn't give us fear, but power and love and a sound and a well-balanced mind, is that, that, that's what God gave us, amen? He gave us the power and the strength of a sound and a well-balanced mind where we don't have to tolerate anything that is not of Him. Not anything. Praise God. Amen? Glory to Jesus. Father, tonight we thank You that You're true. You're true to Your Word. You watch over Your Word to see Your Word performed in our lives. Lord, we, we honor You and we thank You for the revelation of Your Word in our lives and that it's going deeper, it's becoming stronger, more real to us than it's ever been ever before. Lord, today is the first day of the rest of our life to put our faith and confidence in You through Your Word. We believe it tonight and we thank You for it. I thank You for the anointing on what I'm bringing to the people tonight. Lord, that they have ears that hear, hearts that receive, and it makes changes on the inside of them because that's what your word does. We bless you, we honor you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Well, um, on Sundays this September, we have one series, and tonight I'm just bringing you a word that I feel like God wanted me to share kind of bits and pieces of we talked about in the summer, but the title of this will be a little bit different than what I shared uh, some, in some other messages on faith, but the title of this message tonight is Faith to be Healed. Faith to be Healed. And I'm just going to kind of jump right into the Word tonight and look at some scriptures from Old Testament to New in looking at who God is and our right to be healed physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, I don't care what it is, you and I have been healed and delivered and set free through the blood of Jesus. How many believe that tonight? Amen? We've been healed, delivered, we've been set free in every way. And uh, starting in Exodus 15, we're going to just look at one verse in Exodus 15, and actually just one piece of the verse. Actually, just one sentence of the verse. Actually, it's not even a whole sentence. It's a statement. Got to get it correct. <clears throat> Exodus 15. That wasn't the right verse because it was Exodus 14. Exodus 15. And the last 
eight words of Exodus 15. Let's look at it. Exodus 15 and 26. For I am the Lord who heals you. Literal there, in the literal translation of, of that verse, what it says directly in the literal there, for I am the Lord your healer. And the Lord, our healer, his name is Jehovah Rapha. He's the God that has healed us. He's liberated us and delivered us. I am the God that has healed you. And when we think healing in, in most situations, we think physical healing. But we're a three-part being. So he has not only healed me physically, but he's healed me in my soul, and he's healed me spiritually. He's liberated me and set me free through the blood of Jesus. What he accomplished, he accomplished one time for all people. Can you say amen? amen. He liberated us. Um, so he is Jehovah Rapha. Look in another, just look at another verse in Jeremiah. <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 17. And this is an interesting verse. Jeremiah 17 and verse uh, 14. And he says, he says, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. In the same sentence, he's talking about healing us and saving us. He saved us. And he healed us. You can't separate the two. If you're saved, you're healed. And in, in the church world, because it's so difficult to work around something that you can't explain, and, and, and it's, it's very difficult to work around symptoms in the physical body, so people can accept the fact that they've been born again, they've been saved. But it's very difficult to include in that salvation that I have been healed. Not I will be when I get sick and the symptoms go away. I am healed because of what Jesus did. Very difficult in the natural mind. First time I ever heard that, I thought, eh, you know. The ant buzzer went off inside of me. There's no way. No, I mean, salvation thing I can get, make a confession. I ask Jesus to come live in my heart. You know, I'm born again. I don't necessarily feel anything. Nothing in the natural changes. You do it because the Word says it. But the Word also says that He is Jehovah Rapha, the God that has healed me. He has healed us. He has delivered us. He's not going to. He's not trying to become Jehovah Rapha. He is Jehovah Rapha. He's the God that healed us. And He is the God that has healed us now. Amen? We're healed. We're whole. Heal me, Lord. Save me, Lord. I'm healed and I'm saved. And you cannot separate the two. Now, I'm going to go a little bit farther and look backwards in the Old Testament to Psalm 103. And let's look, at a, let's look at a passage of Scripture that is <clears throat> Psalm 103. 
And I want to look at the first couple of verses of this. Um, and and here, here lies a verse of Scripture that then we're going to go to the, the, the New Testament and we're going to confirm this. But here lies a verse or a passage of Scripture that shows us our responsibility where healing is concerned. Now, some people think, okay, well, my responsibility, I've got to eat right, and I've got to exercise, and I've got to do these things. Well, the Bible's real clear about those kind of things. You, you don't want to put things that are going to hurt or harm your body. When you get educated on those kind of things, do those things. Obey them. You know, the, the Bible says that bodily exercise profits a little. And, and, and the reason it says that it profits a little is because we're just here for a little time. Amen? It's just a short period of time that bodily exercise is going to profit you. But the whole time you're here, it's going to profit you. Can you say amen? So we want to, we want to exercise, we want to watch the things we, we those kind of things. That, that's important. But that's not the responsibility that the Word talks about in what we're going to talk about right here. Responsibility that the Word talks about is believing. To have faith to be healed in every area of your life, to think correctly, to, to be well in your physical body. Listen, most people, most people don't die from diseases from drinking alcohol or other such things. Most people die of diseases because of a corrupt mind. And when I say corrupt, an unrenewed mind. A mind that is so riddled in fear and torment from so many other things that it causes all kinds of things in the body to deteriorate and shut down. Most heart attacks, you, you go, go, go Google this and you'll find out. Most heart attacks are not a cholesterol issue. It's a fear issue. And what fear does is it causes all kinds of things to happen in relationships between people and, all, and, 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 and you know, the, the world that we live in and the, the, the world that you individually live in on a day-to-day basis. When you're operating in fear, it, it contaminates people around you. It stirs up fear in other people. And, and, it, and it ruins, it creates it creates. Anger and resentment and jealousy and, and, and all kinds of things get stirred up in, in, in people's lives. And those things cause other things to affect your physical body to where organs and things begin to shut down and things fail. I promise you that the number one killer on planet earth is the killer of unforgiveness. It's a killer. And if we would believe the Word, if we would, if we would learn from the Word what to do, and, and the Word is very simple, you know. Somebody said, well, you know, I, I can't understand the King James Bible. Well, don't read the King James Bible. Get a different translation. Get a better one. Here, let me, I've given tons of Bibles away that are in better translations where you can understand. But whatever it takes, if you want to be free, and you want to be liberated in your life, Let's get into what it says and allow what the Word says to be a part of us so we get liberated, so we can be healed. And listen, healing begets healing. Right? 
When, when, when you're healed, and you're healed because of the Word, not because of how good you do everything and how organized and perfect that you are. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with being organized and being good at what you do and being diligent and those kind of things. But listen, that will run out. Because fear will control you in different ways that will destroy your life. But when you're free of fear, when you're free of fear because you're a doer of the word and you're not receiving fear, but you're receiving power and love and a sound and a well-balanced mind and that's what's operating on the inside of you, you'll live your life healed, delivered, and you'll learn how to be diligent and prompt and do the things that are right in your life. You'll learn that, but, but, but you first have to get it from the Word. And listen, education is great, but education won't teach you the Word. Education is important, and you need to be developed, and you need to understand how to put two and two together and those kind of things, but, but education in itself will not teach you how to obey the Word. Tonight I'm telling you, if you do what this verse of Scripture, this passage says right here, and it's real elementary, it's real simple, because, you know, I'm building it up and building it up, and then when I read it, you'll go, well, is that all? Yeah, that's all. That's it. That's it. What I'm going to read, that's it. And, and how many other times have you heard me preach the Word, and I said, this one thing, if you'll just do this one thing. But that's the way the Word is. The Word has thousands of one things and if you'll do that one thing it'll just lead to you doing another one thing and another and another and another and it liberates your whole life and you live your life waking up in the morning not 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 afraid of life not afraid of stepping into what is next in life not not afraid of new challenges and not afraid of you know god revealing and really beginning to show you how you know what what you were put here for we taught all this last year about the fact that before the foundation of the world before adam and eve god had a plan for every human's life the bible says it so how could that be? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not telling you I understand it. I just read it, and that's what it said, and so I told you that's what it said. Go, go talk to God about it. He had a plan for you before you were even thought about, before the world, before the earth was formed, the earth that we know right now. and it, Before that was formed, he had a plan for you in my life. Now, man, I, I, I want that plan. How about you? I want to be in the middle of that plan. And fear will keep you out of it. But faith will cause you to be the way God created you to be, and that is whole. Healed, healthy, and whole. Spirit, soul, and body. He's, the Father is one of three. My spirit is one of three. My body is one of three, right? Jesus is one of three. Holy Spirit is one of three. My soul, my mind, will, and emotions is one of three. We're, we're a three-part being, and you can't separate us. So when we look at healing, we're talking about the three parts. Amen? And tonight, I want you to receive this verse, these two verses. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not 
all of his benefits. What are his benefits? Right here. Don't forget him. What does that mean? You could. Hmm? That means you could. That means that things will happen every day to try to distract you to to forget these and get focused and consumed on things that don't really matter. You know how easy it is? (laughs) You know how easy it is to get focused on, on somebody else that has a riff with you about something and, and you can, man, I mean, you can roll that over in your mind and you can meditate on that thing and stay with it. And I mean, it's like, it's like your, your head, you got your head and you're beating it against the wall. I mean, it just rolls over and over and over and over and over and over and it's nonstop and it's all you think about. And, and what God's saying is, don't forget these. I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound and a well-balanced mind. You can do all things through Christ who is your strength. Greater is he that's in you, Holy Ghost in me, than anything in any devil, any demon, anybody on planet earth. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And he that's in the world is the God of the system, which is Satan, the devil, who's been defeated, but he's trying to convince people that he's bigger through circumstances that you can see. He's bigger than God that you can't see, but that you know and become you, you become relational with on the inside. He's bigger in the things that he's throwing out there than God on the inside. A lot of people won't pray about things and believe God for something because of the way they feel or the way it appears to be. I've tried that before. It just didn't work. That doesn't change the word. He said, forget none of his benefits. And then he just lists a few of the more important ones, and we're just going to look at the two that are in verse 3. Verse 2 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Listen to me. I say this all the time. When, I, when, I'm, when I'm starting my day with confessional, I speak to my soul. Soul, we're not forgetting God today. No matter what happens, I don't care if I get a phone call about something. I don't care if something gets stirred up. There's a bad report. There's this. I don't care what happens. We're not forgetting the benefits of God. That's what he's, that's what, that's what he's saying right now. Right? The psalmist here is saying, Soul, We're going to bless God. We're going to bless the Lord. We're going to acknowledge God. We're going to acknowledge His greatness. We're not going to be moved by what we see, what we hear, how we feel. What about this? And and have you ever noticed that the devil will work on you overtime to get you to worry about something that you can't do anything about? Because most people, if they could do something about it, they'd go do it. Yeah, but you Oh, worry. Yeah, but what about this? Yeah, but what if this happens? Well, I... no, soul, we're not doing that. We're not going there. We're not going there. We're going to bless the Lord. Father, I thank you today. You're the greater one. You live in me. 
I can do all things. I'm hearing your voice. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. I'm not moved by this situation. I choose to believe your word. Forget none of his benefits. The two we're going to look at are these right here. And if you won't forget these two, everything else will filter from these two right here. What does he say? He forgives all your iniquities and he heals all your diseases. Is worry a disease? Kills more people than anything else. Worry that leads to unforgiveness because you're not forgiven. See, he forgives all your iniquity. All your mistakes have already been forgiven. We want to carry them at times, and people want to remind us of how we've made mistakes. But I'm telling you tonight, he's already forgiven you of all your iniquities. He's already forgiven you of all the mistakes that you've ever made, and he's healed your diseases. Say, I'm healed. You're forgiven. You can't separate them. Same way you can't separate salvation and healing, you cannot separate forgiveness and healing. If you're forgiven, if you're born again, then you're forgiven. And if you're forgiven, you're healed. Well, I can, you know, I can go with the forgiveness thing, I think. But I don't know about the healing deal. No, we've got to get the healing deal, too. Because you can't separate the two. What does he do? He forgives all my iniquities. And he heals all my disease. Can you say amen? amen. Now, we're going to look at two passages in the New Testament. And I'll be done. So, get ready in this next passage, I've already read this this summer, I read, sometime this summer I read this passage. But get ready to be free in seeing what Jesus did and the model that he gave us to be liberated and free. Here, here it is in Luke chapter 5. Luke 5 is the model that, that Jesus gave us to be liberated and free in every area of our lives. <clears throat> That's Luke 2. Verse 17. Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And, and, and here, Luke puts in here, he, he writes here that, and the power of God was present to heal. Why did he say that? The power of God was present to heal. So was the power of God not present to heal in other places? No. No, it said the power of God was present to heal. Why? Because Jesus was the epitome, was the, the, the totality of God in one man that came to the earth to redeem all of mankind, to liberate us. Healing and deliverance, salvation, liberated in every way. If, if, if we go back a chapter in Luke chapter 4, 
he stood up and he read to the church that he had been a part of, that he had served in all of his life growing up. He read to the church that day, Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to heal the sick, to, uh, well, let's look at it. I've got to get the right wording. <clears throat> this is what he said. Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, so the poor don't have to be poor anymore. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it to the attendant and he sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him because he said it was happening through him. Wait a minute, who's this? This is Jesus, we know him. He's Joseph's son. He's worked as a carpenter all of his life. Who the heck does he think he is? They were ready to stone him and push him off the cliff. But the power of God was present to heal. Listen to me. The power of God is present to heal right now, right this minute. Because the same spirit that was in Jesus is in me and it's in you. I'm telling you tonight, sickness and disease cannot stay in our midst, I believe it, and because of that, the power of God is present to heal. Now, in this story, in, in, in these next few verses, what you're going to see is that even though the, the power of God is present to heal, everywhere Jesus went, in his own hometown, because of the story I just told you, in his own hometown, he healed very few people. Why? Because he was Joseph's son. Why? Because they didn't believe what he said was true. But this story right here is a little different. Then behold, men brought, a man, uh, uh, brought a on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in to lay before him. He was in, in, in a person's house. And they were trying to get in. There were so many people they couldn't get him in. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop, let him down with his bed through the tiling in the midst before Jesus. Like right now. I mean, here, to get through, there'd have to be four, there were four guys here, and they were hauling this guy on a stretcher, and right now, if that was happening here, and it was so crowded in here you couldn't get in, all of a sudden you'd hear a drill up there. <laughs> All of a sudden, stuff starts falling down. And, and the next verse says, and he saw their faith. I believe, I believe he saw everybody's faith. I, I believe he saw the four guys' faith that were sending him through the, the roof. But I also believe he saw the faith of the guy on the stretcher who let him do it. Man, you're not going to take me up on the top of that roof and bust a hole in that guy's roof and let me through there? No, no, just leave me out here. I'll just wait till Jesus comes back around. Maybe something good will happen. I don't know. Power of God was present to heal, but that guy wasn't healed because they lowered him through the roof. I said he wasn't healed as they were lowering him through the roof. Jesus saw their faith. Remember? He saw their faith. Let's read it. says, and when he saw their faith, yeah, that's what I said, 
He said to him, Man, you're healed. He saw their faith and he said, The real issue with this guy, he's not forgiven. Man, I don't know if he said it while he's coming through the roof, but he saw their faith and he said, man, your sins are forgiven you. Man, that sent those Pharisees over the edge. Who do you think you are that you can forgive sin? No, 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 no. No, no, listen. What Jesus was quoting was what we just read in Psalm 103. What he's quoting is what we read in Jeremiah 17. What he's quoting is what we read in Exodus. Jehovah Rapha, the God that has healed us, that has forgiven us, that has liberated us, he said, I'll forgive you of your iniquities and heal all your diseases. What he was declaring was to the people that yes, he was that deliverance, but that deliverance was theirs if they just accept it, if they just receive it. And I mean, it sent all those people, I mean, over the edge. I mean, ready to kill him again. Ready to kill him again because he's letting somebody know that's been in bondage all his life. Sickness in his body. Unforgiveness and no, no matter what on the inside. See, see, most people can't get rid of things in their life because they can't forgive themselves. You see, you don't think that's true. You don't think that's right. But I've realized in the last few years of my own personal life that there were some things that I had not forgiven myself for. And God said, if you don't forgive yourself for things that you have done, you'll never do any good for anybody else. You'll constantly be having to try to overcome where fear is gripping in your life if you don't forgive yourself. Man, your sins are forgiven. What does that have to do with it about healing? Everything, according to Psalm 103, it has everything to do with it. Forgive you of your iniquities, heal all your diseases. Now, hold your place there and look at Matthew 9, 6. This is, this is the same account, but I want you to look at Matthew's account in the Amplified, and I want you to look at a word right here. Matthew 9, 6. If you're taking notes or if you're going to go back and look at this, you need to remember this and you need to meditate on what this means. Man, this hit me today. Father, I thank you right now. I thank you that, that in, this, in this room that your, your, your presence is here for healing because you are Jehovah Rapha. I thank you for healing in people's minds, Lord, in their bodies, healing in their spirits, even though they're born again and, and they've been set free and delivered, certain spirits or, or certain conditions of their spirit man has been dwarfed because their soul is battling fear so immensely that it's keeping them from growing spiritually. And tonight I declare that they are healed in the name of Jesus from torment of the mind that would affect and contaminate the body. I declare it tonight. Power of God is present right now 
for you to be healed and delivered in your mind, in your body, in your spirit. Look what it says right here. Matthew 9 and 6 in the Amplified. But in order that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on the earth to forgive sins and remit the penalty. In order that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins and remit the penalty. Now, first thing I want to say about that right there is he didn't say the Son of God. He said the Son of Man. Has the authority on earth to forgive sins and to remit the penalty. So what Jesus was saying to that man coming through the roof, go back to Luke 5, but remember, forgive, he has authority on the earth to forgive sins and to remit the penalty. So the man coming through the roof, he says, I have authority to let you know you're forgiven of all your sins because of what Psalm 103 said. So that was before Jesus. And I have authority on the earth as the Son of Man to declare that the penalty that should be leveled against you is remitted, it's removed. And when we really believe that Jesus is our elder brother as the Son of Man, we're not talking about the deity of God as the Son of God. We're talking about the Son of God, the Word of God, left the riches of heaven to come to the poverty of this earth to become like you and I, so that he walked in the authority and the dominion in the earth to forgive you of your sins and to remit the penalty that there was for sickness, the penalty for debt and lack, everything that we read, everything that we read that he came for in Luke 4 in the chapter before this, that's what he remitted. That's what he removed. So today, I'm declaring to you because I have authority to tell you that you're forgiven of your sin. He forgave you of your sin and empowered you to walk in that forgiveness through what he accomplished at Calvary. He knew no sin and able to come to the aid of those who have. And now tonight, I'm telling you, you're forgiven of everything you've ever done that was wrong. And the penalty that goes with that, when the devil says, see, if you hadn't been so bad over there, then this bad thing wouldn't happen. No, 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 no. That's a lie from the pit of hell. And listen to me. What I was saying earlier in Psalm 103, he said, forget none of my benefits. Our responsibility in life your responsibility with the word 
is to never forget you're forgiven and there is no penalty against you. And when you know that, the presence of the Lord, the power of the Lord to heal in His presence, it's always with you. So see, it's not just when you come to church and we look for a good opportunity. Listen, when, you, when the word is being preached in, a, in an atmosphere like that, I'm telling you the power of God is here to heal. The presence of God is here for healing in, in our midst. Spirit, soul, and body. But the power of God for healing and deliverance in your life is present everywhere you go if you're born again. Because that's where it is. And when you activate your forgiveness and your deliverance from the penalty and you activate that by voicing that you're not believing the lies of the enemy in something that comes to your mind or whatever it is that's you taking responsibility for a healthy body a healthy spirit and a healthy soul you're saying out of your mouth you're going to believe God's word no matter what anything else looks like, no matter what other voices say. You're going to cast those voices away and let them know they have no authority and power. Listen to me. They have to flee. They have to go. They, yeah, they'll come back and they'll try to see if you really meant it or not. But you know what? Okay. If you're just trying it, that's okay. Just keep trying it. But we've got to come to a place where we're not trying it, where we're doing it because we really believe it. Verse 22 of Luke 5, when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, why are you reasoning? Why are you wrestling with this thing in your hearts? Which is easier? Is it easier to say, here, your sins are forgiven? Is it easier to, to look at somebody and say, your sins are forgiven, or rise up and walk? You know what he didn't say? He didn't say, which is harder. He didn't say that. He said, which is easier? What's the answer to that question? Neither one of them. They're both easy. Because you can't separate the two. You can't separate. You can't separate. You're forgiven of your sins and you're healed in your body. Because they're part of what Jesus did. It's a, it's a whole package deal. I'm saved, I'm healed, I'm delivered, I'm set free of everything that has tried to keep me in bondage. Amen. He said, which is easier? The answer to the question is neither one of them. They're both easy. Your sins are forgiven you. Rise up and walk. And listen, the whole time he's talking, the whole time he forgived him, he had forgiven him of his sins. Notice, he didn't leap up and walk. He wasn't healed. Power of God was present to heal. Jesus was talking and everything else. But he wasn't healed in his body until right here. But that you may know this, that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, like we just read in, in uh, Matthew 9. He said, to the man who is paralyzed, I say to you, rise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. 
And immediately, he rose up before them. He took up what he had been lying on and departed to his house, glorifying God. He was not healed until he stepped out and did what God said. Now, what's difficult for us at times What's difficult is the, these people didn't have, I mean, they, they had the first five books of the Bible and they had, they had some writings of the different prophets and things like that, but they didn't have a Bible like what we have that we study and we read and then we, then we attempt to try to figure that out. They had Jesus right there. And when he told that man to arise and walk, then he got up. What we have to do is we have to take today, we don't know Jesus after the flesh anymore. Now we know him by the Spirit. So the difference with us is we have to read this and take it as though it's so. You can't separate forgiveness, being forgiven of sin. You can't separate it and being healed. Notice he didn't tell him, be healed first coming down out of the roof. He said, your sins are forgiven you. You are forgiven for all the mistakes you've ever made because that is what was holding that guy in bondage. I'm telling you right now, that's what holds most people in bondage. Well, if I hadn't done that, then God would have healed me. No. Say this with me tonight. I am forgiven because he said it so so you have to take it from the word and what i'm telling you tonight and then you have to implement that when the thoughts come or however it materializes in your life trying to convince you that i've done something so bad that god would never do anything good for me he's already done everything for you What's hindering you is right here. But you don't have a spirit of fear in your soul. You have power, love, and a sound and a well-balanced mind. That's what you have to begin to tell and talk to yourself about and let, let yourself know. Soul, soul. That's what he was doing in Psalm 103. Soul! Soul, we're going to bless God. We're going to thank God. We're going to focus on what God said, not on what things look like. I think I've told this story before. Just smile and act like I haven't if you hear the story. But I was sitting in, a, in an office somewhere one time, and there was a Reader's Digest, and I started reading this Reader's Digest, and it was just a scientific study that was done where... Just some scientists said that if you'll speak positive things over things, that, that it'll change them and versus speaking negative things. And so what they did is they took two flowers, two, two plants, and they stuck them in the same type of room. There was nothing in the room except a window. They watered the plant however much, but for 30 days, people would go in. I don't know, I don't, I'm not remembering how many times that they'd go in a certain number of times during the day. And in one room, 
they would speak positive things over the, the plant. In another room, they'd speak negative things. And the scientist was talking about this. And I'm thinking, <laughs> that's what the Bible says. At the end of the 30 days, the negative, the plant in the room where the person spoke negative things over the plant, it was withered up. It had been watered, had the same sunlight, everything. But in the room where positive things were declared, it was flourishing. That was 30 days. They say you can change a habit in 21 days. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, if you will talk to your soul and tell your soul, soul, we're not doing that, we're not going there. And I, I don't know about you, I'm talking loud right now because that's the way i got to talk to my soul. I, I don't know, it, 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 you know how on your computer it'll go to sleep? I think sometimes my, my soul wants to go to sleep. i got to talk to it and we're not going to do it. We're going to wake up. And we're going to be aware and we're going to pay attention and we're not giving in to this mess because fear is not going to grip me. Listen, the whole world is waiting on the church living that way. I, I, I'm, I've said this before and I'm becoming more and more and more convinced of it. But for a lot of people in the world, what's standing between them and God is not a lot of things we think, but it's the church not being like Jesus. They flocked to him. I mean, everybody, the kids, I mean, they all wanted to be around him. They flocked to him. Why? Because he accepted them, but he never compromised. See, their lives didn't affect him and make him change and be like them. But he loved them and accepted them, and that's the key. That's what we're talking about on Sundays for the rest of the month, that we have to be those people that are like Jesus to the world. The world is hurting what we have to be people that are healed by faith in God. Not healed because we've done enough stuff to be well. I know I, know, I hear about people all the time. I heard about this lady a few years back. You know, she's the healthiest person. She ran, she did all this stuff, and she died of cancer. You know, she never smoked a cigarette in her life. She had all these things, and, you know, a great woman, and she was a believer, and, and believed God, and she died of cancer, you know? But, but my, my, my question with that is, I'm not judging her. I'm not judging what happened in that. I'm just saying, how much effort and time was spent first and foremost in the Word, not in thinking that you've got to do enough things in the natural to stay well. You need to do those things. But listen, do, do you think that God's a great nutritionist? Yeah. I mean, like He's the master nutritionist? Like He knows what to do and what to tell you to do? So if we're spending time with Him then he should be telling us what to do. Then we need to take care of our body, and we will, but that's not first and foremost to where we don't spend time with him to get the good news from him. See, we need it from him. We need to be people that are liberated from fear, and we're forgiven, and we're healed. Can you say amen tonight?